The issues that matter most, right here. The Drew Mariani Show. Unrelevant Radio. Between the hype on social media and the relentless TV ads, questions are swirling around this type 2 diabetes medication. And you may lose weight. So how well does it work for weight loss and who should be taking it? This is an important medication for us because it changed the entire playing field. It's the Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Yeah, oh, Zepic, huh? Has it gotten your attention? I mean, who doesn't want to take a, a pill and lose weight or a shot, right? These weight loss drugs like Wagovi, they're all the craze. Hollywood, a lot of celebrities are taking them. People are dropping the weight. There's a lot of debate over them. You know, how, we don't know that much about the long-term effects of them, right? We don't know. Some, some evidence is indicating that when you stop taking them, the weight comes back on. Some people maintain some weight loss, but... Uh, I thought we'd address this today. I want to talk about weight loss today. I want to take a look at obesity. You know, 42% of the country is obese. It's a lot. If you're struggling with your weight, if you have said, yeah, Drew, my New Year's resolution was to drop 20, right? And you fell off the wagon. Well, today is your day. Dr. Sean O'Mara is going to be joining me in a minute. We'll get him on and we'll talk to him about everything from the various diets that are out there and carnivore, carnivore carnivore and Mediterranean and, you know, the Atkins and, you know, you name it. You can come up with a million of these different type of diets. Um, which ones are the most effective? How do you lose weight? Is it intermittent fasting? What is it? You know, so this is your show. This is your opportunity to get your questions answered to. I'll open the phones in a few minutes. If you want to get in, put this in your speed dial. Numbers 888-914-9149. We're in the last day of January. I know a lot of people were gung-ho when they began their weight loss journey. But, you know, they, I think most people fail within the first two weeks. I don't know the exact date. It definitely don't make it through the month, the end of the month. If you've made it this far, then you're on a good, good trajectory to meeting your goals. Um, but that's the top resolution people make. I'm going to get in shape this year. I want to lose some weight. Uh, you know, it's, it's tough. Um, I think it involves psychology. It involves, you know, eating the right types of food. It involves discipline and control. I mean, there's a lot that goes into to weight loss. But a lot of people are discovering something that might help them drop the pounds, and that's called Ozempic. And I won't mention her name, but I saw a, a, an actress recently, always struggled with her weight. And, and I saw her, and my gosh, I could not believe the amount of weight that she lost. And my first thought, okay, she's on Ozempic or Wagovi or Manjaro or one of these 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 drugs. These drugs, by the way, they, they weren't initially made for uh, weight loss. They were developed to be diabetes drugs, right, to help people who were struggling with those symptoms. And they found when people started taking them, they lost weight. And word got around, and people who weren't diabetic started taking them. And guess what? It was a big secret. People started shedding pounds. In fact, it became so bad people saying to their doctor, hey, write me a script for this stuff, right? That diabetics who needed the drugs couldn't get a hold of them because so many other people were using them. So if you're thinking about it, I mean, keep in mind whether or not you're going to be depriving someone else of medication that could really impact not just their health, but their life. Of course, pharmaceutical companies are loving this. And I thought about it when I heard about it. I said, man, that's a stock to invest in, isn't it? Get behind that early. And it's going to go off like a rocket. Um, the question is, how much do we know about the drugs? Do you really need them? One researcher at the University of Washington Medical School recently wrote uh, a piece at The Conversation 
and said that the hormones that these drugs mimic are already present in your gut biome. See, I think the gut biome is the key to everything. I keep talking to my wife about it. I think I'm driving her crazy. It really is. I, you know, you get your gut biome right, and you're going to see what happens. Uh, what happens is the food that people are eating, all this processed American food is destroying the gut biome. I was even reading articles about alcohol, and we'll get Dr. Sean O'Mara's take on, on that as well. Um, also, what about fiber? Are you getting enough fiber? I mean, there's a lot of things that are necessary ingredients to trigger these hormones into doing what they need to do. So, you know, going off the processed foods, eating whole foods, you know, getting the gut biome in place, uh, it's all part of the process. But I'm not the physician. Dr. Sean O'Mara is. He's an executive health physician in private practice in Minneapolis, and he stops by once a month to share his insight and his expertise. And today, if you get through, you're lucky to talk to him. Doctor, it's great to have you with me. Good afternoon. Hey, Drew. I'm super excited. You're driving your wife crazy about the microbiome. What a <laughs> wonderful thing to drive your wife crazy about. <laughs> Every time I talk to you, I come home, and, and that's all she hears for the next week, right? The gut biome. I'm eating kimchi. <laughs> she, the, the smell is so wretched in the house, she says. You know? yeah. All these yeah, different things. So. to be friends with my wife, but uh, they'd be a kin spirit. <laughs> so She's funny. got it worse if you think your wife's got it bad. My poor wife and family. <laughs> That's all. But, you know, I think you're on to something. I, you really are. You know, it's the end of this month. And I thought, okay, what a good time to do a, a, you know, a health check, if you will. You know, how many people made resolutions to lose weight, to get healthy, and where are they right now? And in light of that, today I'd like to talk obesity. I'd like to talk about, you know, 42% of Americans are obese, as you probably know. Um, I want to talk diets. I want to talk these drugs. So maybe let's let's start with obesity first. Um Forty-two percent of Americans are living, you know, uh, with obesity. What's driving that? And uh, you know, is it advertising? Is it the food? Is it the culture? Is it uh, emotional woundedness? I mean, give me your take on this epidemic in in our country today. Yeah. So what, what a great uh, lead question. So is that it? You know, the, we are facing an enormous storm. Let's let's speak to the issue. I think Catholic Radio does a great job, and and. Uh, bringing great content. And we also see things. And what I think um, your audience needs to be aware of in the church, too, is that we're going to see this enormous storm uh, hit us. And uh, chronic disease has never been higher. So as we have these enormous guts hanging out, that down the road are going to be hospital beds and nursing homes filled with sick people. People have no idea the amount of money that we're going to have to expend and the, the lives that are going to be lost and the quality of lives along the way. It's just, and they're going to get there and we'll, and we'll wonder how in the world we ever got ourselves in that particular state. But it's the short answer is big guts sticking out from visceral fat caused by a dysbiotic, meaning a diseased microbiome. And as we eat more and more processed foods, which, you know, people, you know, it used to be home-cooked meals. You and I, Drew, we grew up in families, most of the audience, home-cooked meals. And now we got processed foods with food preservatives that stop microbes from, you know, making food rancid and keep it fresh, right? Well, they're destroying our microbiomes inside of our gut. These are a collection of microbes inside of us. So the short answer is our microbiomes are... Uh, worsening to the point that we're having increasing disease 
and we got all these health problems that are going to be ensuing uh, increasingly down the road. And so that should be our objective. It sounds kind of funny, and you're not going to see it. Let, let, let me speak to the honest. You're not going to see this from your doctor because uh, the healthcare system uh, pushes what makes money. And let's just cut to the chase. If you got everybody healthy in this in this country and they didn't have to go to the doctor, the healthcare system, which the largest, which is our largest part of our economy, would be threatened. And that's a lot of money. And so. Uh, if you're listening today, you should ask the Lord to help you uh, understand your microbiome, uh, read about it, and just start with the first step. Cutting out processed foods would be an enormous improvement in those collection of microbes that live inside of you, bacteria, viruses, fungi, uh, and a new uh, archaea and a new species of uh, life form that they just discovered in this past week, uh, obelisk, they call them. And uh, so we're constantly learning more about the microbiome, but we got a long ways to go. It's how you live your life that these microbes uh, get decided what's what's going to be inside of you. I just saw that story the other day, um, and and maybe you can expand on that. Um, oh gosh, I'm looking for the. Um, I had the article. I saved it for you too. I wanted to take a look at that. Uh, when it comes to the microbiome, scientists have discovered what it is. It's a new type of organi organism inside the microbiome. What have they discovered? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's probably been there for a long time. And uh, you know, I, I thought when I read this, I said, "Well, this will probably happen a thousand times more yeah. um, in the preceding, you know, years ahead." And so, um, we, you know, these, these life forms have uh, been in existence probably for a long time. It's not something that we right. think just suddenly appeared on the page, but they're a different form of RNA, a whole new structure to life, how they reproduce. And uh, there'll be many other forms of life. But the, the point is, you know, 70 trillion different types of microbes inhabit that we think, you know, anywhere 50 to 70 trillion of them and probably many more, and we don't know what they are. Uh, we don't know what they do. We just learn about a few of them and some of them. But, you know, they, they shape whether you got certain microbes influence whether you're going to exercise. Uh, certain microbes literally uh, change, um, you know, how, how you smell and how you, um, you taste things. They they all have different motivations in terms of uh, you know their life uh, life cycle whether they complete their life cycle inside you or somewhere else. Now let's let's just dwell on that. Somewhere else, uh, some of them complete their life cycle in the soil. So guess what their motivation is mm. to have you pushing up daisies, wow. literally. Wow. So you want to um, have the healthiest number of microbes. To live happy and healthy in a symbiotic uh, relationship with you as their host. And the ones that uh, need to complete their life cycle in soil, uh, and there's some that complete their life cycle in the gastrointestinal tract of a feline, a cat, yeah. um, you know, they, you don't want those inside of you because they, they literally want to want to complete their life cycle in, in a way that's inimical to your own. Wow. So, you know, how you live your life, how you sleep, how you exercise, how you eat, uh, how stressful of a job you are, those all play a role in the speciation, the selection of these microbes. 
And this is not out of the reach. If you're listening, I don't care what level of education you you have. You do not have to be a PhD or an MD. You just have to have some sensible rules, mostly starting with eating a clean diet, getting some good sensible exercise, getting some time out in the sunshine. All of those things right there would go um, a great distance in trying to, uh, to to help improve the level of, of microbes that you have in you. And it's and then the, the, the opposite. So if you don't exercise, you eat a lot of bad processed foods, uh, you never stay, you never go outdoors, you stay indoors, all those kind of things. And you know what they look like. And as I'm describing, these, these are people that are, are not terribly healthy. And we've seen this for a long time. It's just the nexus now is being better understood as being these microbes. And uh, you see this running in families. So you see healthy families. They're all beautiful, healthy, and and healthy. They're, they're swapping microbes between each other. And then you see the heavyset family, heavyset kids heading towards you in the shopping mall. Yeah. And you glance at the parents, and they're heavy too and, and not healthy looking. So they're swapping bad microbes, sharing them. Um, I always thought that was their children. diet. I always thought, oh, that family must eat a lot of fast food, or they must eat this, or they well, must eat that. Well, in part. In part, but really um, swapping those microbes really play a huge role. In fact, we've seen these in animal models, and it's not even just animal models, humans. If, mm-hmm. if you have a stool transplant, which is routinely being done now increasingly across our country yeah. for an infection called C. difficile, we can induce uh, obesity in a thin person uh, if the stool donor themselves were heavy, and so it causes what's called obesogenic, obesity-generating microbes to be transferred from the donor to the recipients and vice versa. So you could be a very heavy person, get stool don- donated to you from a thin, healthy person, and you acquire um, species of microbes that help to normalize your weight. And I would submit to those, before we get into Wagovi and Ozempic and some of these other medications, that that it would be a far more preferable manner to to get healthy. But you don't have to go to the point where you're doing a a medical transplant procedure with stool being transferred from one human to another. Um, Just who you spend your time with. Um, we do what's called micro transfer. So we're basically doing transfers to stool, whether you like it or not, you can wash your hands as much as you want. The micros from your stool is going to be shared with your wife. And that's really going to get our ticked off. But that's really what's going on. And so, you know, it gives you new insight why we want to be as healthy of a spouse and a parent and a human being as we possibly can so that we are contributing in a positive, wholesome manner to other people that we share our lives with. And the opposite, if we're, you know, um, we're, we're, we're diseased, we're spreading in the, in the wrong form. And so I'm also an attorney, and an interesting uh, theory is, um, you know, down the road, it, it may be that uh, unhealthy people can be discriminated against because we can show that they are actually hurting other people. And so um, down the road... Uh, it may be, you know, a there may be a legal requirement or imperative that, uh, you know, if you're causing somebody else to get a deadly disease and it can be shown scientifically in a court of law, uh, that might influence legislation. Now, I don't want to address whether that's right or wrong. I'm just 
raising it for the purposes of discussion that uh, it could be shown down the road that, you know, how we live our lives can interfere with other people. And it's not just our own decision. Yeah. My guest today is Dr. Sean O'Mara. I will take your calls. We'll grab a few of them. I know the phone lines fill up pretty quickly, doctor. Before I start the phones, um, you know, appetites. And I just want to deal with this issue. Certain people, and I know you're going to drive this back to the gut biome, they, they love carbs, carbs and salt, things that are crunchy, right? I tend to be more like sweet. I'd rather have chocolate or ice cream or something along those lines. My wife and I are kind of different in that. She likes the carbs and the crunchy. I like the sweets. Um, is that gut biome that drives that? Is that just, you know, taste bud preference? Is that just, you know, lifetime exposure? Um, how do you read how people, certain people crave for certain things. Some people might even say, you know, tonight I really want a steak, you know? Does your gut biome drive that desire to say, I could use a salad today? Uh, you, know, you hear people say those types of things. How does it drive those particular proclivities? Yeah, so the, the answer to that is, uh, based on the microbes that you have inside you, they have more to do with influencing your decision about how you eat than you do yourself. Uh -huh. And there are species of microbes uh, which require carbohydrates to survive. Human beings, by the way, do not need carbohydrates. You can go into a carb-free existence and you will, not, uh, you will not die. In fact, you, in my, in my uh, ex considered experience, you actually start living better without those carbohydrates, eating just fat and protein from the healthiest sources possible. But certain species of microbes require carbohydrates and they're going to die if they don't get it. And so um, they're belying the cravings that you have for these carbohydrates. So if you're listening today and you can't understand why you cannot stop eating this ice cream or donuts before you and you know that they're bad, um, the, the answer is microbes inside of you. And once um, once you're able to eradicate those microbes through lifestyle change, um, then those cravings are gone and you're, you're never afflicted with them again, except when you get, uh, unfortunately, you reacquire them and they're all over. Drew, they're all over because when you go to Target and you go to Walmart and the shopping malls and you push buttons and handrails and escalators, you're constantly getting infected with them again. So the only so what I tell my, my, my patient clients that work with them is you got to cut out the carbohydrates and then you got to start eating fermented foods. So if you're listening today, please, please, please start looking at eating fermented foods would have living microbes in you that have been around thousands of years. And they help to replace the bad carbohydrate loving microbes inside of your gut with beneficial microbes from these fermented foods. And the cravings don't return. So if you've ever noticed any, known anybody, tried keto, lost a bunch of weight, then they, they fell off a of keto and started back on donuts, then they gave more weight than they've ever had before, that's what's going on because they attempted to change their diet without adding beneficial microbes. And so um, cutting-edge news right here, uh, the Drew Mariani Show, Relevant Radio, you must eat food more ancestrally aligned with what we used to in the past. We had these beautiful microbiomes yep. and fermented foods is, is the way to do that. So if, they, if you just give it a try and if you don't like the taste of them, um, you just got to do teeny tiny amounts because here's how I tell my client patients. You want to get a good infection. 
you have a bad infection right now with these bad microbes causing you to gain weight or get disease, now it's time to get a good infection for the first time. You've never heard that. And it comes from eating these traditional fermented foods And uh, they replace the bad microbes with good microbes, and it's it's really a pretty simple process. All right, my guest, Dr. Sean O'Mara, we'll take a few of your calls. Ginny has been waiting in Chicago to talk with you. Hi, Ginny, you're on the air. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, I have been on, so I just have a couple of questions for the doctor. I have been on a health journey for about seven years now. I have autoimmune, and is my understanding that gut microbe and autoimmune go hand in hand? And... The problem is, so I I do see a functional doctor over a traditional doctor because everything you do research on, one doctor will say, yes, do the fermented foods. Another doctor will say, no, that actually aggravates um, some autoimmune conditions. And so it's, it's so hard to get to what is the right thing to do, number one. And number two, I personally think that so many people are ill today, not only from the processed food, there's no doubt about that, but I also feel like it's what they're doing to our food. I mean, our our soil is so depleted. Um, the wheat, they say, is very poor in the U.S. If you go to Europe, you could be able to eat anything, and the wheat is, cause it's, the wheat is much better. You know, it's it's so confusing as to what route to go. Yeah, so one quick answer is, you know, um, a lot of doctors are very well-intentioned. I, I will, you can presume that people that go to medical school don't go to medical school to uh, to, to make money and, 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 and over. They, they go to help people out. It's a noble profession. But uh, even though that might be an intention, doesn't mean that you, uh, you necessarily are able to do that. So um, one of the problems with the microbiome, um, is uh, we don't know uh, enough about it. And there hasn't been sufficient research uh, with ferments. And so with fermented foods, except for the fact that we have had it as an experience for thousands of years, it's a tradition. And so traditions form tr- typically because they have been noted to confer a benefit to our species. And so fermented foods has earned that kind of a reputation. And in modern, I have heard, unfortunately, doctors mistakenly tell people that fermented foods are a problem, but they they really are not. Anecdotally, when they're introduced appropriately, and, you know, sometimes you, it's all things in moderation. You can, you can go off to too much and, and, and uh, eat an inappropriate too large amount of fermented foods. And the way way to keep that from happening is you can understand that they they're really eating for their microbial benefit, not for their nutritional. So you're eating them for their their microbes, and so you just need a little bit of a garnish. So you think of a, a you know uh, uh, eating whole foods like a, a piece of meat with a little bit of ferments to go along and provide some beneficial microbes. So try to find a physician. It's very hard. Try to find a position. You can follow me on social media. I talk a lot about fermented foods, and I have zero financial interest in any fermented food companies. But uh, you can follow me and other people that have familiarity with the microbiome and fermented foods, and it's starting to catch on. People, other physicians and other uh, healthcare coaches uh, are learning about fermented foods and pro- and uh, uh, probiotic foods. Uh, I like probiotic fermented foods more than I like probiotic supplements uh, just because 
um, and we'll eventually get into Zempic, I'm sure. sure. You want to try to find the most natural form of beneficial substances. So nature has it best. The Lord himself gave, gave these things in natural form to us in the Garden of Eden. And it's best that we, we eat in a more natural form instead of changing the form of things. And I, and I liken it to the money changers at the temple. That, uh, we, you know, we corrupt worship, you know, the money changers corrupted the pure form of worship at the temple and uh, tried to profit from it. And I, I see a lot of similarity with processed foods and other things. You just we just change the form to make money along the way and it gets corrupted. But the commonality is the temple of God. You know, our bodies really are temples of the Lord. Corinthians, 1 Corinthians talks about that. Do you not know your body is not your realm, but temples of the Holy Spirit? And so and when we approach our bodies as, as these glorious temples for the Lord, we start taking better care of them. And uh, then we can let the, the glory of the Lord shine through uh, instead, of, uh, instead of the tarnished homes that oftentimes these, uh, our bodies start descending into. Well, doctor, let me do this. Ginny, I am grateful for your call, but I've got to take a quick break. I'm up against the clock. When we come back, if you're on hold, I'll do my very best to get you on. Feel free to join the conversation anytime at 888-914-9149. Dr. Sean O'Mara joins me today. We're talking, of course, about gut, the gut biome. It's critical for overall health and in particular, really, for, for weight loss. Also, taking a look at weight loss, there are a multiplicity of uh, diets that are out there. Some people swear by them. Are they long-lasting and what about these weight loss drugs? If you could take a Wagovi, a Banjaro, if you could take a, an Ozempic, would you? But are there side effects to it? We'll get into all that and more when I return. Did you like what Drew and the guest had to say? Get caught up on this conversation and all the others by going to the relevant radio archives. Just search for The Drew Mariani Show. Hey, join Father Rocky this September for a pilgrimage to Poland and Prague. You'll visit the lands of St. John Paul the Great, St. Faustina, Our Lady of Czestochowa, and the Infant Child of Prague. Seats are limited. Information at relevantradio.com slash Poland. That's relevantradio.com slash Poland. In December of 2017, a medication for the treatment of type 2 diabetes called semaglutide was approved by the FDA. It was sold under the brand name Ozempic. In recent months, the drug has become a national phenomenon for a different benefit, weight loss. The talk of Hollywood red carpets and suburban book clubs. Ozempic is effective, but is it safe for everyone who's using it? The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Yeah, that report came from NBC. A lot of major media outlets are looking at um, what has become just a wild craze. And it's not just a cosmetic issue. We're talking about Zempic and Wagovi and a lot of other drugs that are resulting in weight loss. Yeah, does it help you look good? Absolutely. But I hear people argue the fact that a lot of these over the, uh, these new medications that are out there meant initially for diabetics, um, if it can help America lose weight, 42% of the country is obese. It's going to help reduce uh, problems with hypertension and a whole litany of other areas, you know, heart attacks, strokes, all the other problems, inflammation. But what about changing lifestyle? We're also always looking for an easy out, aren't we? You know, let me just take the pill. Let me take the shot. I won't have to work so hard. Uh, but Ozempic and Wagovi, these drugs have been making headlines. Um, 
not just for their effectiveness amongst the the celebrities who use them, but uh, for the impact they're having on on lives. And my guest today, Dr. Sean O'Mara, and you know, I had intended to talk weight loss and and some of these drugs and different diets. We may have to do this in multiple parts just to get through some of this stuff, just because there's so much to get into. Uh, Dr. Uh, O'Mara is a uh, physician who is joining me. Uh, he's in private practice, but his practice is growing. And uh, right now he's in private practice in Minneapolis. And Dr. You and I were talking during the break. So you're uh, you're going to Chicago, to St. Louis. Where else are you? At Florida? Your practice is now spreading, huh? Yeah. So we'll be spreading to Florida, Chicago, and Missouri. So uh, yeah, word's getting out about uh, visceral fat and uh, the microbiome, which are, you know, two areas that I, I try to uh, concentrate in and specialize in. So we have an increasing awareness of demand. So that's a good thing. And I'm, I'm happy about that because it's, yeah. it's, it's helping get people more healthy. Well, I'll tell you what, when you come my way, we'll have dinner together. I'm bringing my wife and we could tag team. Okay. We can double team her on the gut biome. <laughs> we'll make sure All right, yeah. <laughs> we can convince her that this is the solution to everything. <laughs> good yeah, health, yeah, weight loss. My wife too. I love we'll it. We'll have fun. <laughs> no, it will be a good time to hang out. I, yeah, like I said, when I get done talking, I'm all fired up on this stuff. You know, I'm eating the kimchi. I'm taking probiotics. On that point, and I want to jump into the phones and respect everybody's time. Over-the-counter probiotics. You can buy those as well for your gut biome. Are, are they effective? Do they work? Or, or, I know you're probably an advocate of natural means, but but what about those? You can get one billion CFU of these probiotics. You know, do they have any impact? Yeah. So they, you know, these CFUs are colony forming units. So they, they they're basically metrics to say how many uh, microbes are living in there, and they do concentrate quite a bit. But you'll get way more microbes um, in larger diversity and more beneficial forms from eating uh, fermented foods. So one, uh, save your money. Uh, I tell people to eat fermented foods because probiotic supplements are pretty expensive. And then uh, the sad thing is the studies that uh, oftentimes are promoted uh, by these supplement companies that make these probiotic supplements are really typically not very good quality science. So when your average person reads it, you know, it looks like it's a really important thing and it's going to yeah. change my whole life, but it never changes you as much as eating healthy food and particularly fermented food. So I just tell people, save their money. I don't, I, you know, listen, I'm the microbiome dude. Yes. Um, I do not, buy, I do not use probiotic supplement, but right. boy, you cannot get me to put a piece of meat in my mouth and chew it without a ferment together. That's wow. how... Wow. That's just how disciplined I am with these, you know, microbiome-rich uh, fermented wow. foods. I mix, mix them together, <clears throat> chewing them together. Yeah. And if, uh, if you're listening today, if you try eating that way, you'll turn dead food into living food. You've wow. eaten your whole life. If you have been eating these ferments, dead food, and when you start adding in these fermented foods and chewing them together, yeah. it like, uh, it's like, you know, it, it turns and makes it alive again. So and so... Uh, Really, really good stuff. So sauerkraut, right, with your kibasi, your sausage, your, your piece of meat, is that good? Well, or yeah, cooking that yeah, sauerkraut. Make sure if you cook it, does it kill the, the 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 good microbes? Yeah, yeah. So you you got to first of all make sure it's fermented sauerkraut, yep. non pasteurized. So yeah, living okay. raw, cultured, uh, live okay. fermented sauerkraut. Uh, most sauerkraut, if you're buying it off a shelf or in a bag, it's gonna it's most likely going to be pasteurized. 
and it won't have any living quality to it. Okay. But if it's uh, you want to get that fermented kind, yeah. and then you don't want to cook yeah. it because that would kill it. Um, yeah. You want to make sure it's it's basically at room temperature when you consume it, so that you get those benefits. Otherwise, you're just eating you know plain vegetables. In fact, I had yeah. a client that uh, he he got. Uh, I was trying to get him to eat fermented sauerkraut. He'd never had hemorrhoids this whole you know had hemorrhoids this whole life. Gets rid of him because he goes on the carnivore diet. So his hemorrhoids, yeah. guys in his seventies, and uh, so it, all his hemorrhoids go away for three years. I I talk him into eating fermented foods. Uh-oh. The very next day, he wakes up after three years no hemorrhoids. He's got a hemorrhoid from eating the sauerkraut. I said, send me a picture of that sauerkraut. Sure enough, it was pasteurized. He did not eat the fermented sauerkraut. So now he learned and he eats a fermented living sauerkraut. No more hemorrhoids. He's uh-huh. happy. But that's the power of these microbes. So it literally uh-huh. changed the form of that sauerkraut so it kept him from getting hemorrhoids. Yeah. And the one that he ate, he ate before caused hemorrhoids. So it right. really has that much of a contribution. Doctor, let's do this. Let's jump through a few phone calls. A lot of people waiting. Adam, uh, his mother used to take Ozempic. Adam's in Wilmington, Ohio. Hi, Adam. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, sir. Thanks for calling, hey, yeah. Adam. Go right ahead. You're welcome. Um, my mother, we, now this isn't against the pharmaceutical company at all, mm-hmm. but I would like people that hesitate in taking this drug or ask their doctors lots of questions. My mom was on Ozempic for a decent amount of the year. I'm presuming between the years 2022 and 2020, 2021 through 2023, before the first of the year. Um, so around Thanksgiving, Hey, Adam, can I help you a little bit here just for the, for the sake yes. of time? My call screener was telling me that your mom used to take Ozempic, right? It wasn't for weight loss, but it almost killed her. Was she diabetic? Yes. Okay. And your question for the doctor is when it comes to Ozempic? Well, have there been, it really wasn't a question, but I will ask a question. Okay. Um, have there been any particular studies? people taking this diabetic medication where they've actually had severe allergic reaction and caused like a, yeah. almost a fatal infection or a pancreatitis outbreak or of some nature. Wow. Yeah. So I think I understand Adam's question. Thank you, Adam. So what, what Adam's referring to, and some people get pancreatitis, uh, they're getting gastroparesis, uh, they're having these side effects from some of these drugs. Now, let me just say, um, that it doesn't, it's not necessarily the case in the majority of people or everybody, but it is happening and it's happening at different times. So if it's happening for some people early on, will it happen to others down the road? And we just don't know because this is blasted on the scene. We, we haven't had the experience of, uh, of years of accumulating data, which oftentimes down the road, we figure out these complications. So Adam said early on in his conversation, maybe hesitate and pause on this, and I think that's a good point. So what I would suggest to our audience listening that uh, for the Drew Mariani show that you you would be better off rather than taking Ozempic, look for the natural form forms of these uh, of these drugs because they're patterned after natural foods. And if you just start eating more clean, it's interesting, eating uh, in foods in whole form that aren't processed, 
Believe it or not, there are certain molecules that get produced because of your microbiome and that are present in those food that cause you to have ozempic-like traits. Wow. So these, that's how they figured out how to make these drugs, that they studied these molecules that get created, and then they create a synthetic form of it, and they can patent it because wow. it's man-made yeah. and then make money off of it. But whenever you do that, you start gaining the potential for side effects because it's not as good as what exists in nature that God himself created. So pause on taking these drugs. That is the take-home message from, from me, Sean O'Mara, Dr. Sean O'Mara, is look for more natural forms of, of, uh, of uh, living and eating and existing, and you'll get right. um, equal, if not better, results from okay. doing that without the side effects. Adam, thank you. Jorge is listening in Whittier, California. Hi, Jorge. Hello. Hi, Jorge. Hello. Go right ahead. You're on the air with Dr. O'Mara. Thank you so much. God bless you both. Um, I'm an O negative blood type. I've been, um, I had a lot, a lot, a lot of problems, even though we ate very well. My mother uh, used to take care of us. She passed on both my father and my mother. But um, everything was made by scratch. And But now um, I seem to have a little bit of issues, and I just don't know. I, I started to do the eat right for your blood type um, mm -hmm. mode of eating. So... I understand that vinegar just ripped the heck out of me, destroyed my my um, my stomach lining. So, am I okay with eating sauerkraut or no? All right. So, some people get in trouble, Jorge. Thank you for your question. Um, some people get in trouble with uh, vinegar, and uh, it, it, and for the sake of the audience, uh, you can see vinegar being discussed on the internet. And oh, here's. Yeah. And it's not just past, it's it's not the Heinz pasteurized vinegar we're talking about. It's uh, the vinegar that's probiotic and uh, unpasteurized, so raw, fermented, living um, apple cider vinegar that hasn't been cooked or pasteurized. But here's the problem. People are drinking it in straight form, kind of like taking shots, you know, of this. And, and so what you want to do is just mix it in. Uh, into uh, simple, clean water that's non-chlorinated. So if you go to your tap, you got chlorinated water to kill bacteria. And if you're adding it to the probiotic living uh, apple cider vinegar, you're going to kill those beneficial microbes that are inside of that apple cider vinegar. So, But you want to dilute it. So Jorge, it sounds like he may have been um, drinking it in concentrated form. And it's pretty. it can be pretty strong and acidic. And some people have had, you know, problems with that. So um, adding, it, adding it to some uh, dilute spring water or even distilled water or well water is the way to do that. Uh, or you can add it to um, a little bit to, to steak and give it a little bit of a tang and it mm -hmm. adds those living microbes in it. And that's, that's the way to way to do that hey, but yeah be careful about it drinking and concentrating because yeah, you do see a lot about drinking apple cider vinegar how it'll help you lose weight and all these what about brewer's yeast i heard a lot of people love brewer's yeast too it's nasty you try to have you heard anything about the taking brewer's yeast like a spoonful of that and you're with your apple cider vinegar or whatever you're drinking yeah i think it's um in a little bit of a too uh too much of a process form brewer's yeast is as a as a pretty concentrated process form oftentimes it's used uh, to to do a chemical you know process the 
The better way to get yeast, and yeast, uh, there are good ones and there's bad ones. The better way to do this is just uh, eating things uh, that are uh, in natural form. So there's a, a more natural beverage uh, called kombucha. Mm-hmm. Now, raising that issue about kombucha, warning, warning, if you're listening, most kombucha that you see in stores um, are, are not adequately fermented and they taste sweet. Yeah. So what quickly happens, I've seen in my my patients, is they get kind of they get addicted to this kombucha stuff, um, and they they're drinking it all the time because it tastes sweet. What what it should taste like is more tangy, kind of like a dilute apple cider vinegar. Now these companies that sell it don't sell it um, uh, to to uh, you know to make it healthier for you. They sell it to make money, and so uh, you're going to buy it when it tastes sweet. Yeah. Even though it basically, I tell people it's like soda with some beneficial microbes. So, well, um, yeah, brewer's yeast is it's just a more processed form, and you can get healthier yeast yeah. in kombucha that you yeah. make yourself. You learn how to make your own foods. Well, doctor, and, uh, you, you get a lot healthier. Time is the enemy here. I got to take another break. It seems to creep up on me all the time. Let me take a quick <laughs> pause. We'll come back. We'll jump back into the phones. A lot of people are asking too. My call screener says about fermented foods. Maybe you can be more specific about what they are. Maybe make some recommendations for those who are listening as well. So we'll pick it up. Our uh, final segment with Doctor Sean O'Mara continues when I return. The Drew Mariani Show. Connected. Connected. Relevant Radio. Hey, today we'd like to thank Tom, who is listening in Illinois, for donating his 1978 Slick Craft boat. You can join Tom and thousands of other listeners in donating old vehicles, trucks, boats, and RVs by visiting RelevantRadio.com slash car. That's RelevantRadio.com slash car. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Great to be here with you today. If you're just joining me, we're diving into a topic that's affecting more and more Americans each day, obesity. Four in 10 U.S. adults are living with obesity in the South and the Midwest. The rates are even higher. States like West Virginia and Mississippi hitting 51%. They're they're the highest. Contrast that with districts of Columbia and Colorado. Obesity rates are down about 33 34%. But on average, we're talking about 42%. Four out of 10 Americans, a little bit more than that, obese. If you missed any part of this conversation, let me suggest something to you. Go back and you can stream the show again. Maggie will have this uploaded when we sign off or download it and share it with someone else. If uh, this gut biome and weight loss is uh, something that you find is beneficial to you, then uh, be sure and check it out. I'm joined today by Dr. Sean O'Mara, a regular here. He stops by about once a month to give us some medical insight and advice and doctor, I'm so grateful to have you here. Let's just jump before I go to Ben and everyone else here. Um, fermented foods. There a lot of people asking, what are they? Can you recommend stuff people should put into their diet? Yeah. So a good source to get fermented foods. And again, I have no financial interest in any of these, but Whole Foods um, will sell about five, maybe ten different types of fermented foods, and you can go to a Whole Foods market near you. And, but the best place to go to if you're listening and you want to get a good selection of, uh, of uh, fermented foods is uh, going to a food co-op near me, food co-op near me. And you can just put that in and, and do, on the Internet, search bar, Google, or whatever, 
and uh, it will tell you stores that are food cooperatives uh, near me. And they'll oftentimes have a selection anywhere from 10 to, I've seen as many as 50 different types of ferments. And uh, go there, and, yeah. and people usually at those stores will tell you about the different types. And mm-hmm. you can just start reading about them, watching videos on YouTube and the Internet. But, again, you won't get this from your doctor. Uh, this is not the kind of information that uh, is taught in medical school or even nutritionists. Uh, they, unfortunately, it's not taught because uh, uh, it, it's just not kind of our disease-treating model. Yeah. And, and people get better eating these foods. So. Well, let's do this. Ben's in Wausau, Wisconsin, and has got a question for you about raw milk. Hi, Ben. Good afternoon. Hello. Thanks for having me on. I'm just curious to get your opinion on uh, raw cow's milk and raw um, yogurt made from cow's milk, mm. and if that has a positive effect on your gut biome. Yeah. Yeah. So, great question. So, um, raw milk um, has been uh, something that was part of the human consumption for a very, very long period of time. In certain states, many states, as a matter of fact, they have outlawed it, um, and it's in part uh, due to some uh, demonstration that uh, if it hasn't been pasteurized, it can convey bacteria, and that is true. Um, However, uh, when you cook milk and you pasteurize it, it changes its uh, its form so that it's no longer um, in a raw state and it doesn't have as much nutritional value or the beneficial microbes that come from it. So um, I think it's uh, it's something that if you're you're healthy and uh, you're you're able to take that, but somebody that uh, maybe has a less comp- uh, a, a unhealthy state, they could get you know maybe have uh, some concern with those facts but I, I think in yogurt when it's fermented it makes it even safer awesome. so fermented uh, cheese and yogurts and kefirs made from raw milk are the best ben thank you julia has been waiting since we began this conversation let me sneak her in hi julia hi um thank you for having me today um the question is this i have crohn's right and i have uh, by my di doctors told me that i should just do plant-based right no meat nothing you know, but um, I just don't lose weight. And it's like I've been gaining more than I would have lost. Wow. So what could I am doing wrong? Because I have kimchi, of course. I, but I do buy a store because yeah. there's not a lot of, in the city here. But um, well, That's a strange situation, doctor. What did she do? She's got Crohn's. She's on a plant-based diet. You think you would not put weight on. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, so she should really see somebody that is uh, familiar with uh, treating uh, Crohn's, the microbiome. We're actually seeing people uh, having their Crohn's reversed through FMT, fecal microbiota transplant. So that can help you out. But I would continue to eat fermented foods. Um, Make sure that you have them in your diet. And here's what you want to do, Noah's Ark. You want uh, small amounts of a diverse amount of ferments. Instead of one jar of ferments, you want to have about 20 and little teeny tiny amounts of yeah. these to garnish your food. And I think you'll do better with your Crohn's if you yeah. if you start doing that. All right. Uh, I want to get to Jerry and Madison, but first, Mark and South Ben's been waiting for a while, too. Uh, Mark, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, thanks, guys, for this uh, program because it's a great topic. Um, question for you. When you talk about that uh, microbiome transplant, uh, is that the same as a fecal transplant? And if so... I was checking into that a few years ago, and it seemed like it had been outlawed. Um, And uh, if it's not outlawed, what would be the best way to go about trying to seek that? Um, I'm trying to think about that in respect of 
I have low immunity and with I keep trying to build my microbiome, but I have histamine intolerance, which takes me away from fermented food. Okay, good so, question. Um, yeah. yeah, any advice on that? Yeah, it's a great question. So um, real quick, histamine intolerance, I, uh, you can follow me on YouTube. I've got a video on histamine intolerance, how to overcome that. So watch that. Many people get relieved of histamine intolerance watching my video. And then as far as the fecal microbiome transplant, it is not so much outlawed, but it's, physicians are only authorized to do that procedure on somebody that has a certain type of infection. So it otherwise is not permitted to be done widely um, in our country, although it's sort of being done increasingly a little bit um, off the shelf, I'll say use that terminology, but other countries are doing it more. But if you're going to contemplate an FMT, brothers and sisters out there, you want to get the healthiest human being to donate their stool Amen. and not their average person. Because the better their stool, the healthier they are, the better their stool, and the better you will get from that transplant. So that's the big issue. Trying Doctor, to get you can sell your stool. Donors. <laughs> I, know you, I know your gut biome is in. <laughs> it's, it's such a weird topic to talk about, isn't it? Even it that kind is. of humor is weird. Uh, so I'll leave it, it at that. Is. Let me sneak Jerry in because she's got a really in, interesting call. Her husband got cancer working in a cancer lab and wants to know if the microbiome had something to do with that. Jerry, good afternoon. Yeah, that's my question, Drew. Thanks a lot. Um, yeah, so he worked there for years, and actually he got cancer. Several other people in the lab got cancer, and I'm not mm. trying to, like, scare anybody, okay? so, But you were talking about the transfer of biomes, just touching things yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So your thoughts on that, please. That's a great question. Yeah. So, you know, cancer clearly has its origin uh, in the microbiome. So the, But you should think about it rather than causing cancer is the healthier your microbiome is, the less the incidence of cancer. So we tend to have a greater propensity or vulnerability to cancer when our microbiomes aren't as strong because why? Our microbiome is our immune system. It really has the strongest component to our immunity and it's, it's shaped by how you live your life and that, that should not be too hard to understand. So work <clears throat> to strengthen your microbiome don't get, try to avoid chlorine, antibiotics, food preservatives from processed foods, and you'll get, as, uh, you'll get a healthier microbiome. And it's really how you live your life that you get the strongest immunity to fight cancer and fight disease, other forms of chronic disease. Jerry, I'm grateful for your call. It makes me really think. And uh, we'll certainly say a prayer for your husband and for you. Doctor, I want to thank you. I'm out of time for the day. My apologies to everyone. Uh, Dr. O'Mara is with me at least once a month, and we'll pick this up and along with a lot of other things, such as alcohol and how that can affect one's gut biome. But uh, follow Dr. Sean O'Mara. You can get him online, and uh, I think you'll be glad you did. Doc, we'll catch up soon, okay? All right, Drew. Well, God bless you and everybody listening. We'll see you next time. All right. Until our paths can cross, I'll be praying for you. Say a prayer for me. And remember, God loves you, and so do I. Have a great day.